0: Welcome to Epiphany Fellowship's podcast, where our goal is to see people everywhere show off the glory of Christ in every area of life. We pray that you are blessed and encouraged by today's message and will allow the word of God to dwell in you richly. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. How many are glad to be here today? Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh-huh, uh-huh. That's what's up. Amen. We bless the Lord today. Our brother Devon, we prayed for him in the early service, but um he's this is his last Sunday with us, who was in the middle uh, singing tenor. And so um we wanna um continue. We wanna continue, we wanna continue to um make sure that we thank the Lord for people who have served here faithfully. And uh, he served here extremely, extremely faithfully. Uh, extremely, extremely faithfully. And now I'm sitting out there and I'm, uh, there, uh, at the first service, I heard a, I heard a flute or something. Then I look over and that's the Reno over there with the flute in the background going like this. I see you, sis. I see you, sis. Amen, amen. Um, yeah, I, 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 she's sneaking around here with all these gifts. I was teasing her and her husband yesterday, but thank you, sis, for lending your gift to the kingdom. Amen? Amen. Amen. Well, let's um, go ahead and dig in. Let's go ahead and dig in. We got some ground to cover today. Um, Exodus 35, verses 29 through chapter 36, verse 7. Um, Exodus chapter 35, verse 29 through... Chapter 36, verse 7. One, two, three. Hold on, before we get into this, there's some names in here. So just, just, you know, use what they, you, you know, back in third grade, you know, they used to say you break the word up. You know, break the word up. You know, you want to hear somebody say, you know, we ain't get that, you know. Get that Joan out, all right? All right, (laughs) one, two, three, go. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, start at of. Zalel or Halayab. Go ahead. Oh, we didn't finish it? Oh, my. Oh. Oh, y'all had some toot in there, too. I'm like, oh, okay. Y'all had a little toot on the pastor. All right. Don't cut no blessings out today. Don't cut no blessings. Amen. There it is. Yeah Amen. Amen. I want to talk about today when God's community is selfless. When God's community is selfless. Let's go before the Lord. Lord God Almighty, we got a lot we're embarking on, and um, your new community, the church, uh, wants to bring newness to our city. So give us wisdom, but help us to be selfless. Selfless. God, I pray that you would break some things in here today. I pray that you would annihilate stereotypes about the church. And Lord God, help us to reframe the glorious face of Jesus Christ on the church as the hope for the world. So Lord, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable. In your sight, O God, our strength and our redeemer in whom we trust. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Everybody agree with that, said? Amen. Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. When God's community is selfless, somebody say selfless. selfless. Amen. Um, how many of you know we are urban church? <laughs> Y'all are like? I, we know. We know. Um, what's interesting? Um, many people take the word urban, and they um, automatically apply it to black, poor, and Hispanic. However, if you understand the dynamics of the term, um, uh, um, um, urban is a broad term. It means, it points to complexities. Um, uh, um, The Census Bureau says if you have 1,000 people per square mile, you're in an urban area. Uh, not only that, but we—I I see it more complex. I believe—I believe that urban areas is where n- normality upgrades to complexity. I mean, you can have a, 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 a complex and intensified economic development, but at the same time, have unparalleled poverty. You can have great education and in one side where it's concentrated great education and on the other side have concentrated illiteracy. When we talk about the urban area, it's, 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 it's life on steroids in every area of life. There's spiritual complexity, there's unbelieving complexity, there's moral complexity, there's ir- uh, irreligious complexity, there's religious complexity, uh, there, there, there's, there's uh, 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 housing complexity, there's family com- uh, 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 complexity. There are all types of complexity, complexities that the urban context has. But as we look at that and in planning Epiphany Fellowship, One of the things that we wanted to do was we didn't just want, we wanted to reach our community and we wanted to go into a community that really um, most people wouldn't want to go to. Uh, We wanted to go where the gospel, uh, 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 there's a lot of opportunity for gospel fruit in the midst of a lot of brokenness. And although around here the brokenness is overt and other places it's covert, every area is broken, but many people run to the covert places of brokenness versus going to the places where there's overt brokenness. And I believe that God has called us to go to hard places. I believe that God has called us to go there, uh, go to hard places in order to be the hope that God has called the people of God to do. If we don't go and we don't believe God can transform anything, why even do this? You, you can't be in this world, and not, I, I literally believe God can change anything. Yeah. I, I believe if, if the people of God would put their hands to the plow, God would zoom lens into a community. That's why one of my favorite scriptures in the Bible is so powerful. It says, the eyes of the Lord go to and fro, uh, looking to give strong support to anyone whose heart is fully his. I like that. I like that. I like that. I I want our heart as a community to be fully his and for him to blow support onto us and in us and around us to be able to make systemic change here. So we look at that reality. One of the things in doing an urban church, we're made up of people who are all the way from difficulty financially to people who are doing I, you know, doing I, all right? Uh, 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 but 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 uh, but what but we, we wanted to do, we didn't just want to minister to people who were dealing with economic challenges, because churches, when you when you minister only to people who deal with economic challenges, all of your resources are put into a holistic discipleship in a way that you don't have the resources to do. Right. So so in order to 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 make the most of both people groups who are in equal need of Jesus. Yeah because just because you have money doesn't mean you don't need Jesus anymore, okay? You just can hide your lack of need, okay? Better, but but what what we wanted to do is we wanted to do a, a regional church that had community impact. So that means we wanted to pull on the region of people who had the economic prowess but had the same amount of brokenness And and put the people in the room with the economic challenges and the economic lack of challenges. Get them in the room together so the people with economic challenges don't think that they can't teach you something because you got a little something. They can teach you how to pray. You ain't prayed till you had nothing. You then you know fervent prayer is natural when you're broke. Thank God, in the name of Jesus, when you got everything. You walk out on the terrace, Lord God, we thank you. It's a beautiful day. But when you need God and you in that place where if he don't come through, you, you're, you're on your last dime, you're on your last leg, you, you, you're not cute in the way you pray. You're not fly in the way you pray. You're not trying to look good. You're not trying to show off for nobody. You're looking at the God of heaven as if he's not just your last resort. He's your only. It's your only resort. So when when we do that, so at a communion table, we do it every Sunday to remind each other that nobody's better. That's why we do it every Sunday. And so in light of that reality, we got a lot on our plate to do. And the text here is an interesting text because it shows us the selflessness of the people of God. It shows us selflessness with time, talent, and treasures. It's a powerful passage. Most people only look at the end part, but don't look at all that's in there. Um, And and there's so much in this text. The preachers were looking at this text salvating because they wanted to preach it. I was looking at some of the people in here I know preach because there's so much in here, nugget-wise, that you can just... Run off into that, that, that just have powerful prowess that have pertinent principles in this pericope to push you in the power of God. That's my old Baptist preacher coming out every now and then. I gotta remind y'all, I'm a Baptist preacher at heart every now and then. <laughs> First point for you know, I had to tone it down for the next generation, they don't like all that, you know. But every now and then, I put my foot up here and get all like that, but you know. I'm in a different, different generation. Got to contextualize for the new generation. Amen. Um, <laughs> so if we're going to be a selfless community. You have to have God-initiated vision <clears throat> in order. If you're going to be selfless, you have to. It, it starts with God-initiated vision. As I was looking at this text. I was like, "What influences this text to be done? Where did it start?" So I went over to Exodus twenty-five, eight, and it says, "They are to make a sanctuary for me, so that my, uh, so that uh, I may dwell among them." The reason why God is doing this is because He wants to give His people His manifest presence. Mm, 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 mm. In other words, God wants to be among, ever since the fall, God has trying to create ways to be among his people. This is one of those ways for him to be among his people was through the temple. I like the way Deuteronomy 12, 11 breaks it down even more. It says, then the Lord your God will choose a place to have his name. That's it. That's good right there. Everything that God is up to, it's about his name. In other, in other, in other, in other words, when he talked to Abraham, he, he said, the only way your name is going to become great is if my name becomes great. In other words, we, 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 I like the way Psalm 23 puts it. He leads us in the path of righteousness for his name. God, God is about his name. I, I like the way it says about Jesus that there is no other name under heaven by which man, God, 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 there's something about the name. And so, and so, 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 God, if, if we're not about the name, we might as well shut everything down and put a for sale sign on the building and give out to somewhere else. But if we're about the name, the Holy Ghost is attracted to God. Because Jesus says he won't come talking about himself, he'll come. And and take from mine and give to thine. I like that. That's that old school talkage. You know what I'm saying? And and what he wants to do is the the Spirit of God is attracted when God is a big deal. If God isn't a big deal among the people of God, then we might as well quit playing with this thing. So we look at this, though. We must recognize this. That most of what churches call vision is strategy. uh, 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 You got to hear me here. Because God already has written in the Scripture His vision. His vision is that His name will be shown as great. His, his vision is that the gospel will be proclaimed to the ends of the earth. I, I like the way the old song said, He shall be exalted among the heathens. That, that's, that's His goal. So, so when you look at that reality, that's what God is after. Now. Our vision or stratagem, if you will, is really a mechanism in order for God's goals to take place. So, so when we talk about as a church that, that we're going to do a school, that's for the name. That, that, that's for the name. That's, that's not so we can prove that the church is ministering to the community. <clears throat> we already know that. The, the, the issue is we're, we're trying to trick people. Listen, we're trying to let you know we, the gospel is about education, but the gospel isn't about education only. It's an eternal mousetrap. We put education on it like some peanut butter, some cheese. Don't be acting like you ain't been in some situations where you need to put out some mouse traps with your little highfalutin self. Don't forget where you came from. And listen, we put that joint on there and they scribble over, and the little joint go over there, back out, and got him. Why? That's what we're trying to do with souls. We're trying to catch you. We're just using education to lasso you in. But we want you to have good education. But we want to trap you. We want to use all kinds of things to the glory of God to trap you. We want to use, we want to use uh, 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 everything that we can to the glory of Jesus Christ to get you into a relationship with Jesus Christ. None of that, we got daycare. We want to do daycare. The reason why we want to do daycare is because we want to, again, trick people into coming to know Jesus Christ as Savior. So the people, as they begin to watch us, how the kids are taken care of. It's not rats and roaches all around. It's safe, and video surveillance is everywhere. Everybody has a background check, and if you, if you look at a child like you're going to act crazy, you're fired. It's God's vision applied. Grocery store with, with not old meat sitting in there, with the oxidation on the meat start turning brown. Come on, somebody. But some fresh meat with the redness in it. Hallelujah, God, in the name of Jesus. We want our produce to be fresh. We want to make organic available. In other words, why in the world are you doing this? This grocery store is just another way to let you know that it's not about the grocery store, but it's about the name. Technology Center. People coming into the technology center, learning coding and all of that, and we're trying to find ways to slip Jesus in the mix. Listen, we're the vision. Don't you think that all of these things that we're doing is just cool stuff to say, I go somewhere that's helping the community. We're not just here to help the community. We're here to help the community so that they can be changed from the outside and the inside. <laughs> and so, when we look at God's big vision, God has a big vision for us of change and transformation that He wants to do. So, next point, <laughs> we got some tra- we got some ground to cover. Next thing, <clears throat> if we're going to be a selfless community, number two, selfless community <clears throat> demands exuberant generosity. Yeah. Yeah. Are y'all quiet in a mug now? <laughs> that abstract stuff, y'all like? I get a name. So you can just celebrate that, but now it's getting now it's getting that nitty gritty international ministries right now, right? So the text takes us a place, family, and where the text <coughs> begins to take us is into something that Moses begins to say to the people. It says in verse twenty nine. So the Israelites brought a free will offering. Somebody say free will. Offering to the Lord. I like the fact that they brought it to the Lord. Notice it didn't say they brought it to the temple. Notice it didn't say they brought it for the program. They brought it to the Lord. The first lesson of generosity is you're giving to God ultimately. Now, I know you're saying in your mind, I know you, well, we, we, we know we're giving to the Lord. We just don't know what you're going to do with it. I know that's what you're thinking. But, you know, uh, like I say, I'm going to say this every sermon. I am not going to do generosity apologetics. In other words, what I mean is I'm not going to, listen, this ain't the church where we doing 15 offerings and I'm driving a Bentley. I told you that. And I'm not stealing money. Why? Because I don't even see the money. Amen. I have an assistant that does my expense reports based on the budget that I have like other ministries have. I also have an accountability team called an eldership that also are into that. We have a financial manager that oversees everything. So they get to go they go in and every expenditure that I make is is identified so that the government won't come after me or you. Amen. And then I got a team, if I wild out, they can come after me and and, and jam me up and rebuke me in the name of Jesus if I'm wilding out. So this ain't the church like that. But see, no one no no what's in our mind is <laughs> because most of us thrive off the church not being healthy. I got I to gotta say this, we thrive off the church not being healthy because as long as we can point the finger at what the church is not doing, I can be morally bankrupt and I can live my life. But what, but when, what you going to do when God raised up a healthy church? Oh, now you got to, uh, you know, you know you, we online, we like to tweet and video and look what I'm doing, staying woke and doing this and got a t-shirt on that's making a message with no practice. You know, now, now you, this a health, I, I can say, right, this is a healthy church. Yes. Yes, I didn't say perfect, I said healthy. Yes, yes. Your body ain't perfect, but you can be healthy. Yes. And guess what, guess, guess what, guess what? And so now, now you got to shut down all the naysaying. If they, I wish the church would do this, but the church doing it. And see, I had to jam somebody up uh, one time because they, they all online and they thought leader. You know, that, that means do nothing. That means talk, be on panels with your T, with your pinky up and your leg crossed, talking and pontificating but with no practice. I know I'm preaching today. And and and, and 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 but then I said, why don't you come? You're doing that stuff out there. Why don't you come and do a project with us? Well, you know, okay, okay, okay. nah. No, I bet the guy nothing. I bet the guy nothing. No, you want to talk? You want to tweet? You want to blog? You want to put all your little stuff out there? But then, bad out. It's time. Boom, bap. That you ain't even trying to do nothing. All you want to do is talk about who not doing it, how this should be done. But then, when it's time to practice, you ain't putting yourself in the practice. But now, this is an opportunity for you to get up off your watusi and do something about the mess you've been talking. This is the thought talk generation. We know how to post. We know how to filter it. We know how to we know how to go into the stories, make it swing up, and go to this way over here. We know how to do this, and we know how to do a three sixty degree, a panel, a, you know, a, a portrait. We know how to do all that, but don't know how to do nothing on the block. We know how to make it look, but we don't know how to make it cook. And so here in the text, they gave a free will offering. <coughs> free will means this, an offering that resembles the thanksgiving or peace offering. It was completely voluntary. See, we don't know nothing about that. See, see we don't know nothing about, I'm just going to give. You know, you ask somebody for and oh, they're like, oh, God, you know. Cause, 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 but, 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 we, but we need to become a community that sees giving yes. as an act of worship. Yes. It's an act of worship. And so one of the things when, when we talk about a free will offering, it's outside your normal giving. Uh-huh. Yes. Yes, oh, y'all quiet. In other words, what you normally pray about to give every pay period to the Lord... A free will offering is saying, God, I'm, I want to figure out a way to give you more. <laughs> Some of y'all, somebody said, God, make me rich so I can give more. He said, you're not giving now. <laughs> I remember I had somebody here that was giving me H-E double letter. And I told, you can say it now. got it. You can say it. And I told the financial manager, I said, can you pull the giving records? I said, they're they, they, they giving me a hard time right now, and I never do that. If I pull your giving records, that means I'm hot. <laughs> and I was like, this Negro here. You are right, sir. I'm like, this dude, this guy. I'm like, man, bro, come in my office. Now you, now you, <laughs> you know, I was going to get up in my stands. You know what I'm saying? I was like, so you, so you want to come on up in here and, and bump your gums? Check this out. <laughs> well, you know, I no, never, no, never, never, nah. Nah, listen, why? Why am I acting like that? Not acting like that because I'm trying to put people out there. I'm trying to let us know it's an honor to give. It's an honor to give. Listen, I don't want to hear a complaint if you don't give, you don't serve and you don't go to nothing. I just I just it's hard for me to hear from a non-participatory person. That's like you trying to coach the Eagles in your living room. But a free will offering the free will offering is beautiful <clears throat> because it says, it says men and women whose hearts prompted them. Yeah. Mm. Whose hearts prompted them. They, 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 were, they were pushed in, in their hearts. It wasn't under compulsion. It was willing. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> and and, and I, I like this because in the text it's giving us a clarity that it's, it's not just God acting on your heart, it's in response to God acting on your heart, you wanting to do it in the first place. That's what we have to get to. Things only get done when God's people participate. It doesn't just get done by osmosis. We should be doing this. No, we need your help to do this. Right? Right? And so we're, we're in that place now where we have to begin upgrading our commitment to giving so because we, we got too much to do, too many challenges on our hands to sit back and do nothing uh, as it pertains to this. But it says it's for the work that the Lord had given them. What was the work that the Lord had given them? The work of the Lord had given them to build the temple. What is the temple for? The temple, based on Hebrews chapter 8, verses 1 and 2. It, and, and back over to Exodus chapter twenty-five. Don't turn in verse nine. He tells Moses build this after the pattern. The writer of Hebrews says that the pattern is based on what's in heaven. So on earth there's an outer court, inner court, and holies of holies. In heaven there's an outer court and inner court and the holies of holies. In other words, God wanted to give the people of God His heavenly presence on earth to show what it looked like. To tabernacle and show his presence on earth. So the first tabernacle was God, was the he- highest of heaven. Second tabernacle was even. Third was altars. Uh, Abraham in uh, uh, Genesis chapter 12, verse 8. Then you go over, and then the, 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 the third tabernacle was Mount Sinai. What, because because uh, 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 the burning bush on top of Mount Sinai, they couldn't touch the mountain. Out of court, inner court, holies of holies. <clears throat> Joshua could go into the inner court, but he couldn't go into the holies of holies. He had to sit at the bottom of the mountain and listen to Yahweh talk to Moses. So the high priest Moses, being the first high priest, went into the holies of holies. That's why he had to take his shoes off, like the priests do in the temple when it got made later. Then he caused them to make a tabernacle. It went from the tabernacle. It went from the mountain to the tabernacle to now a Solomonic temple. Once you got the Salmonee temple, you got the Herodian temple based on the second temple period that was renovated in the later part of the first century. Boom. Then after that, boom. After that, then Jesus came. The branch making a new temple. Now when you trust Jesus by grace alone, through faith alone, through Christ alone, you don't individually become the temple. He says, y'all are a temple of me. So we're supposed to be walking altars into the earth. We're supposed to be tabernacled. That's why the Bible says, in the word of God, and and the word became flesh and skeneoed among us and dwelt tabernacled among us. And we beheld his doxa, his glory, glory as the only begotten of the Father, plural, full of grace and truth. That's the one who's filling you. And so we're supposed to take that into the earth. The text is so beautiful because of the text. Walks us through this thing. Look at what, look at what it says. I got to go to the next point because I, I, this is too much. Take your time. Next, we're going to be a selfless community. <coughs> we got to have God-empowered people. Uh-oh. Can't just have money. You got to have somebody to do something with it. Now, I like this because it makes those who God uses selflessly more than just about their gifts. Look at what the text says. He says, and he was filled with God's spirit, with wisdom, understanding, and the ability in every kind of craft. (coughs) This struck me. Why does a dude that's working on craft need the Holy Spirit? Why in the world, why in the world, why would God just say, I'm just using this dude, I'm giving him wisdom? No, it's, I need the leaders of this campaign to be filled with the spirit. Why? Because to do stuff for God, you got to have the Holy Ghost. Yes. Oh, oh! I'm going to make it plain in a second. You're going to need 12 doses of the Holy Ghost. Okay, let me, let me see how I can make this John plain. In Acts chapter 6, the, the Hellenistic Jews, those were the Greek-speaking Jews, um, were being left out, the widows, they were being left out. The regular Jews, they was leaving them out. So, so the, so, and then they came, the Hebraic Jews, they left them out. And so, uh, they complained <clears throat> about what was going on, and so, Paul, I mean, uh, Peter was like, "It's not good for us to wait tables because we got to get in the word, we got to preach, we got to pray." Boom. But then he said, "Let's get some other people to wait tables." The first thing he said that the person had to have, they had to have qualifications for the people who were going to wait tables. The first qualification was you got to be filled with the Spirit. Why does a person that waits tables need to be filled with the Spirit? Because whenever you work with people, you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. You ain't done ministry until somebody had to cuss you out and you still had to smile and serve them. You ain't never been in ministry until you had to pray for the people that betrayed you. So you got to have the Holy Ghost to do that. See, 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 you got to have the Holy Ghost when somebody talk little side out of the neck to you, you don't cuss them clean out, but you find ways to bless the Lord at all times and let his praise continue. You need the Holy Ghost. The kingdom can't live on gifts alone because you, can, you, you don't ever want your, character to, to, your, your gifts to take you where your character can't keep you. Need the Holy Spirit. Ask the teachers. Ask yeah. the elementary school, middle school, and the high school teachers. Do they have the Holy Spirit? Yeah. Listen, I saw, that, I saw that security guard grab Shorty. He had Shorty like this BAM! BAM! I was like, He body slamming a little kid, but he ain't got the Holy Ghost. Listen, the kid spit on you, you gotta be like, And then their padre, their mother, You want to beat me up poquito, poquito. (laughs) Shoot. Knock you out. Knock you out. You got to have the Holy Spirit. You got to have the Holy Spirit because if you don't have the Holy Spirit and you're serving in a community that's angry. Angry for nothing. Angry about poverty. Angry about the home situation. And if you are not filled with the Spirit, you will respond in anger instead of love and see what's behind the anger that you need to minister to because I'm going to tell you something <laughs> the reason why you need the Holy Spirit is because he wants to resist God's kingdom Paul says in First Thessalonians he said I'm to come to you sooner but the enemy was hindering us the reason why you need the Holy Spirit is because every time you do something for the kingdom there are going to be hindrances to what you do and some of those hindrances, the enemy won't do, uh, 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 won't, won't do on the outside. He'll do on the inside of you. So sometimes when you're trying to do something for God, you're on cloud nine. You'll all of a sudden get a, a good spell of depression. You're like, what in the world? Now, I'm not saying all oh, depression is spiritual, but I'm saying, you know, you're like, man, what in the world? I don't feel like getting out of bed today. I want to close the blinds today. Where did this come from? The enemy is fighting you. All of a sudden, out of nowhere, out of nowhere, out of nowhere, discouragement just hits you. You're like, where in the world? Why, do, why does I feel like I don't want to be here no more? I don't feel like God can actually do anything. That's the enemy. Let me tell you something. Whenever you're going to do something great for God, the enemy has to upgrade his resistance against you because if he can upgrade his resistance against you, he can stop the work of God. That's why you have to begin to be knowledgeable of what's happening around you. You got to say, oh yeah, there's a big thing about the coming, God's about to do this. Now, the big thing may not always be financial, it may just be an impactful thing. See, most of us think, oh, a big thing is money. He don't care if you have money. He don't care. He don't care. He'll give you resources, but he don't want you to have a heavenly perspective. And so here he had to have people that were filled with the Holy Spirit to do the work of the Lord. I love it. All kinds of people were filled with the Holy Spirit for the task. You had all kinds, you had Joseph for interpreting dreams. Saul. Saul was a prophet for a little while. A little while. David fighting wild animals. Daniel getting vision. Samuel getting strength. Jesus being led into the wilderness. John the Baptist jumping in his mama's womb before he was born filled with the Holy Spirit. I still don't understand that one. Mary and Martha just spontaneously writing a song. Y'all didn't know that, did y'all? They were gospel writers. (laughs) Uh, People speaking in other languages, Gentiles prophesying. In other words, being filled with the Spirit is always a task-oriented commitment where God wants to do something great. If you look at each one of these, most people were filled with the Spirit and God did something in their life prior to something major happening in their life. And so we look down and we go further in the text, the text begins to teach us these types of people that God anoints and he works and he does his work through. He says God's spirit was wisdom and all kinds of ability and every kind of craft. But then the next verse is interesting because as we go down, lastly, we need God-endowed technical skill. God-endowed technical spirit skill. Now, you got people that's filled with the Spirit. Now you need technical skill. Look at what the text says. To design artistic works in gold, silver, bronze. Doing all different types of things. To cut gemstones for mounting. And to carve wood for the work in every kind of artistic craft. He said he has also the ability, both him and uh, um, Oha Liab. See, I did that. Son (laughs) Ahasamak. There it is and the tribe of Dan the ability to teach others. He gave Baziel and the other dude of Dan the ability to teach. No, We now need, we now need you to be generous in sharing your gift and helping other people to know how to do what you do. Now you got to begin to share the wealth with that. All in our church, building committee, the website, app, stewarding the building well, prayer team, people responding and following through with expressed needs, leaders, creating clear pathways, and all of these different things that we need here. Verse 35, he said, he filled them with skill to do all the work. Everything that the church needs is in the church. Then the text goes on. And it begins to say, I'm I'm almost done. And this is what I like. I see two things in the text. It talks about the generosity of those who gave. It's talking about they got so much stuff that they had to stop them from giving. Now, before we go to stop them from giving, it says that the people, this is, look at the integrity in the text. It says the designers one by one went to Moses and said we had enough. Why does the text say that? Because you have to have people in position who have integrity with the resources that are given. They weren't like, oh man, they brought some gold. I'm gonna put this at the grid, you know. No, they didn't do that. They didn't do that. They said we have enough. Tell them to stop giving. That's a good problem to have. I would love. In the name of Jesus. To tell y'all, oh, we don't need no more. I don't think that's ever happened again in the history of the church, ever. (laughs) Ever. Ever. I've never heard it. Um, But I love this. And it said, and it was sufficient. It was sufficient. That's what God, that's how God wants our ministry to be done, because he did that through Jesus. Jesus' death for us was sufficient. It was sufficient. In other words, everything we needed in him through the gospel, he gave it to us. Know what I like about Jesus? He, he went semi-kingdom gangster on him. He said, you ain't taking my life. I'm actually giving it. Jesus freely gave his life for us. So how can we not freely invest the entirety of our life into this gospel mission. So I'm done, y'all. Listen, we, we, we have a lot on the horizon, and I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know how it's all going to work out. All I know is we're supposed to plow forward and do it. And I know God's going to take care of us. I know he's going to provide. I know we're in His will, and this is going to happen, and it's going to shake up the foundations of the kingdom, and I can't wait to see families in our city rejoicing in the Lord, Uh, 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 Muslims taking off their Muslim garb and trusting Christ as Savior. Hebrew Israelites throwing down the law and coming to the true lawgiver and keeping the law of Christ. White people, black people, Latinos, people from all, black people from the diaspora being blown away by the work of the Lord and we're investing and pushing further in and finding unique ways and it'll all be because we viewed ourselves as giving to the Lord and as we gave to the Lord, lives were impacted lives were changed lives were set free lives were delivered yeah. I look forward to the day when kids who had major literacy issues look forward to coming to school because Mr. so and so and Miss so and so yes. treats them with human dignity. And they don't get them suspended every five minutes because they don't have the prowess in prayer to deal with them. And not giving every kid over, letting talking about they have a learning disability. You can't have 80% of the kids in the community having a learning disability. We're in the middle of a lot of strongholds. So why would we attack that? Why not? Why not? So I'm ready. I'm ready. And I know you are too. Lord God Almighty, maker of all things, creator of all things, we thank you for your goodness, your kindness, and your mercy that knows no end.